your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. And as always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is completely free, is much appreciated, and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off this show, I did want to give you a heads up about one of our great ongoing series. Currently with the Locked On NHL Podcast Network, we are checking out who this season's top 50 NHL players are. Find out on the Locked On NHL Podcast, hosted by Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner, as they reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to Locked On NHL on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss another show. Kind of springboarding on that list, we will be talking about a couple more picks. Um, Yesterday, I had hoped to do picks 40 through 31, but thanks to a nasty little migraine, I sadly had to skip it, so you will get that episode tonight. And then tomorrow, I should have another episode for you discussing picks 30 through 21. Those picks got broadcast today, so we'll actually be pretty close to on target with where I was hoping to be when it comes to giving you some thoughts on this top 50 list and whether or not I really agree with it. Before we hitch our wagons to picks 40 through 31, though, I did want to talk about a couple of really cool updates. Um, For one thing, there's not a whole lot of Jets news, right? But, uh, of course, the KHL is currently in season right now, or at least uh, there's either preseason or regular season action. And new Jets draftee uh, Dmitry Ryshevsky actually had a pretty cool assist on a goal from Vadim Shipachov, which, of course, is pretty cool to see. The assist itself was a nice little uh, cross-crease pass from the wall. He essentially curled around the backside of the net, came along the, I guess, the left side, I would say, and passed it across to Shipachov, who just sort of deposited past the goalie. Dinamo had a pretty big offensive showing today, so overall, nice little performance. Glad to see Ryshevsky already making an impact. Maybe he'll continue to string along a couple of really great performances and eventually earn himself into Winnipeg's bottom six. I'm very much about depth players who are productive and who have, like, really high energy, good work ethics, but also want to create offense. That's kind of what Ryshevsky wants to do, even if he doesn't really have, like, high-end elite instincts. I think he still has enough tools that he should be a good pro in North America. Moving on, though, the uh, the biggest news today was definitely that the NHL is returning to the Olympics this upcoming winter, which I know is a pretty big deal for a lot of folks. Obviously, the past couple of years, we really haven't had anything super big other than, of course, the World Cup of Hockey several years ago. That was the replacement for the uh, for the Olympics, but it, it was really fun. But, of course, I think a lot of people just sort of, I don't know, I think they were hoping that there was more out of it just because we got Team North America they got eliminated before advancing, and then it came down to, like, what was it, Team Europe, and I think it was Sweden or something, maybe Russia. I forget which teams were in the very last stages, but for as much as we all do enjoy watching IIHF hockey action, it doesn't really step in for Olympic hockey. I think that's the big golden goose that a lot of folks have been have been pining for, especially because it's best on best, and you really do see some of the top super teams that you're ever likely to see in hockey. I've got a couple of thoughts on this. I I think on the one hand, I'm actually pretty excited to see these guys get back in best-on-best action. We haven't really seen stacked super teams, especially internationally speaking, in some time. 
obviously we see it with like the U20 and U18 teams and all of these uh, World Junior tournaments and stuff. But when it comes to like NHLers and really high level teams, that we don't get a lot of. We occasionally get some of it with um, the World Championships and stuff. But even then, you've still got players who are currently uh, still with their NHL clubs and they can't really leave because you know the, those tournaments usually happen when you get a lot of eliminated teams and players who are able to be loaned out to their national squads. So this is like the rare time where we're actually going to see some really big high-end players starting to arrive and maybe we'll get a really fun tournament. But what does stick out is that there has been a focus on an opt-out clause, which I think the NHL is is likely to keep very much close to close to them because let's be honest. COVID overseas has been a very big issue, and there's no real clear indication of what the situation is like in Beijing. It's hard to know if things are okay, if it's going to be safe. I think the way that the Tokyo Olympics went down, it it would cast a lot of the IOC's decisions in a, a negative light. So I don't know if this is going to go through. I'm kind of optimistic that this time maybe they'll figure it out. The NHL has been pretty rigorous, it sounds like, with their new COVID testing and, and certainly vaccination policy. They're going to be uh, penalizing a lot of non-vaccinated players, which should encourage a lot of them to get the jab. In fact, it sounds like they're thinking around 95% of the league has been vaccinated already, which is pretty impressive. That's something I wasn't exactly expecting, and it was around 85% in August, so obviously the, uh, the climb has been pretty quick. It seems like the league is taking it seriously. Sounds like the players are too. Um, which would be good, you know, get everyone vaccinated, make it easier to travel, reduce the risk of very serious symptoms, try to mitigate the impacts. I mean, this is going to be one of the situations where you're you're still not immune, and obviously um, some immunity is possible, but I think most people understand the vaccine is mostly for ensuring that you don't end up in an ICU. So the, the league is still going to take it uh, pretty seriously, it seems like. I have a feeling that if there's even a slight hint of trouble in Beijing, the league is going to sit there and think long and hard about whether or not it wants to send everyone over. I I would think that the league wants to do this. I think it could be very good for the players. Certainly a lot of them have been pining for international hockey that gives you a really serious weighty medal. And the absence from the last Olympics probably does leave a little bit of a sore spot. We saw a fun tournament, of course, in Korea. I thought it was very entertaining, but... I think a lot of people were probably like, well, this isn't the sort of high-level talent that we're usually used to seeing. There were a lot of players from other leagues and stuff that frequently would never get a chance to, to get into the Olympic rosters, which I thought made it a very wide-open tournament, a lot more interesting, but obviously it did favor the Russians significantly. They had like a really stacked team compared to most of the other national squads. This time, the playing field is going to be pretty crazy. I mean, you think about the uh, the Americans and the Canadians and the Swedes, as well as the Finns. These rosters should be pretty deep. Russia will be very good too, but I think the U.S. and Canada for me are very much the front runners. You think about you know Canada getting a number of great players, McDavid, McKinnon, all of the usual standouts that you wouldn't be surprised to see. But then you've got the U.S. on the other hand that's going to have some really elite goaltending. You know you're going to have Hellebuck, John Gibson, and then a pretty good forward unit. I would say um, maybe a step behind the uh, the Canadians maybe more than a step. I think it's going to be hard to compare, especially when compared to the Canadian roster, but it's still going to be a really good forward unit. Defensively, I have some questions. I think that's where the U.S. will struggle a bit, but if their elite goaltending can actually replicate NHL results and perform at a, a standout level, maybe the U.S. will actually medal. I still would expect Canada to be the easy favorites, but we'll see. Hockey's weird. Anything can happen, and we're going to find out in a couple months if, in fact, this all goes through and the NHL is actually able to play in the Beijing Olympics. For now, though, we just have to sit tight and wait for it all to unfold. And now we're actually going to move on and talk about some of our top 50 NHL players from across the Locked On NHL network of voting. And some of these players may actually end up in Beijing. I'll talk about which players I think might make the cut in just a little bit. 
Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look now at the uh, the top 50 NHL players list. On the previous couple of episodes, we've talked about near misses from the list. We talked about picks 50 through 41. Now it's time to go to picks 40 through 31, which... This core of the uh, this core of the list is pretty interesting. I feel like this set of rankings might be a little bit less controversial than some of the previous ones, but then there are also a couple of names here that I'm a little bit surprised by. One of the more interesting rankings is how I will describe it is at 40th overall we've got John Tavares. And look, I think Tavares is a pretty great player. I don't know that I would rank him 40th overall. If I had to put him in a top 50 list, it would have been in the previous section around you know 49 or 50. I would say. I definitely would not rank him above names like, uh, you know, Sean Couturier, maybe even Anze Kopitar, Nikolai Ehlers. Tavares, a couple of years ago, I might feel a little bit differently about, but the Tavares of the present is mostly just a really competent top six scorer who doesn't really do as much as he used to. I feel like he definitely is, I would say, probably a top 100 player, but if you're starting to push like top 50, I, I don't know about that. Just above him at 39th overall, we've got Matthew Tuchuk, and this is actually a pretty alright ranking. I think Tuchuk is is a top 50 player. I think Tuchuk tends to be a little bit underappreciated because everyone kind of hates him, and so a lot of the impact on the ice that he has, especially when it's, you know, coming down to slot creation, lots of really good chances in front of the goaltender, and a pretty savvy eye for passing and shooting, I think Tuchuk is is really underappreciated. He's probably one of the more underrated high-end forwards in the NHL, which is kind of funny because he plays such a prominent role for Calgary as being like the poop disturber, right? But he's actually just a really good high-end forechecking forward in general. He has so many puck smarts and, and a lot of really great tool sets that make him an elite forward, and I feel like because of his 
his tendency to kind of mix it up with guys like Dowdy and maybe drop the gloves or, or throw a few extra hits. I feel like people have sort of overlooked his genuine excellence creating offense down low. Now, the guy above Tuchuk is kind of funny. This one is 38th overall, and this is Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I like Fleury, and I think he's a cool person, but, you know, as a goaltender and certainly in a top 50 list, I don't know how I feel about it 100%. Last season, Fleury was excellent, and he shows in streaks that he can be just a dominant goaltender. I mean, Jets fans know all too well that he is, well, he's that, he's that good, man. He kind of shut us out and, and really put the Jets in a tough position, but... In terms of a top 50 NHLers list, I have a really hard time putting him up that high. I think he's very good. I just don't know if some of the names in the uh, the near misses or even rank below him, I don't know if they would already push him kind of deeper and deeper in the list. My feeling is yes, I would have him in the top 100 and certainly not super far out of the top 50, but also not close enough to where he's really touching the rankings either. I think at this stage of his career, he's still a pretty darn good goalie, but in terms of like a top 50 NHLer, that's that's really tough for me to agree with. You know, you've got some goalies like Connor Hellebuck and Andre Vasilevsky up here, and I just don't know if I, I quite rate, uh, you know, Flurry this deep into his career at that level anymore. He shows streaks of it in certain seasons, but it's not consistent enough where I would really vote for him to be in this part of the list. Funny enough, the player above him is actually somebody that I think needs to be much higher on the list, and this is Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins. He comes in at 37th overall, and I feel like even though he has Patrice Bergeron's number in the list, he should be way higher. I think he's one of the best NHL defenders out there. And for some reason, McAvoy just never really seems to get a lot of attention. He had a really good shout as being like a Norris Trophy winner in the previous year or so, and somehow people just don't seem to recognize that he's this good. I'm not sure if it's because a perception of him when it comes to like Boston's defensive performances and stuff, or if people just really don't know that McAvoy is this dominant. He's been better than Dougie Hamilton at times. And I really feel like when you want a big, strong, modern defender who actually has some of like those Colton Pareko characteristics back when Pareko was really like a dominant first pairing guy, McAvoy has all of those and then some extra flair. It really is wild that he doesn't get that much respect because he's just a dominant defender and I really feel like he should be closer to the top 20 of this list than this far down. The last player we'll talk about before we uh, pause real quick is Carey Price at 36th overall. And look, Price is a phenomenal human being. He's been a stellar goalie in the past, but in terms of being a top 50 NHLer right now at this stage of his career, no, I'm sorry, not really close. Again, I think he can put together really good streaks of performances where he looks like a top-end goalie, but in terms of doing it over the entirety of a season, and certainly outside of very limited samples, you know, Price at this stage of his career, he's probably more like a number two or a backup. But when Price is on, he really is on. I mean, he's had some stellar performances, especially in last year's playoffs, that made you believe maybe he could just recover his form long enough to win a cup. But ranking the top 50 NHLers heading into this upcoming season? I'm sorry, Kerry. I think it's just going to be too hard for me to agree with that. In just a moment, we'll take a look at some of the guys who have made it above our current first 15 picks or so. But before we go any further, I thought you should know about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. 
Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are going to close out tonight's episode with a few more of our, uh, I guess, thoughts on the uh, the top 50 list. We're going through, of course, picks 40 through 31. And now we're at 35th overall, which is Quinn Hughes. Quinn definitely had a tougher season last year. I generally think most of Vancouver's blue line was, well, quite honestly, roughed up. This is not a team that's been particularly great for the past several years, but Quinn is still pretty darn good, so I feel like 35th overall, I can't quibble with it too much. If he bounces back and goes to where he used to be, which was like a really good top defender, I feel like he might be reasonably justified being ranked where he is. The guy above him is definitely a good pick at 34th overall. This is Roman Yosi. Yosi, of course, was one of the top defenders over the past couple of years, which is interesting because at one point it was kind of thought that Yosi was not actually that good, maybe a bit overrated, but as his on-ice impact has continued to improve and he seemingly has rounded out his overall game, it's really hard to look away from his contributions on the ice and think that he doesn't deserve to be at least a shout somewhere in the top 50. He's still a really good defender, and he has a really high-end offensive impact, so yeah, I can't really argue with this one. The guy above him uh, is also a really good pick, William Nylander, at 33rd overall. Nylander arguably could be a little bit higher up this list, but I'm not going to argue too much there. I'm a big fan of Nylander. He's basically like Swedish Ehlers, so if you like Nikolai Ehlers, you probably like William Nylander. I know that his game doesn't quite catch the eye as much, but in terms of somebody whose passing and vision are, are really next level, and who has a pretty underrated shot... Nylander is awesome. I love his creativity. I think when it comes to working in and around the net and certainly navigating space, he understands it at an intimate level. Willie never seems to get a lot of respect from Toronto fans because he doesn't seem like he's trying hard, but rest assured, Nylander is an amazing player, and when it comes to scoring chance creation, you're going to struggle to find many better players. I've also seen uh, Shea Theodore here at 32nd overall. I'm a big Theodore fan, and it's funny because I used to think Shea wasn't going to be all that amazing, but then once he kind of left Anaheim, his real star power and talent started to reveal themselves. Shea thrives in a really counter-heavy, high-octane, high-paced, 
high offense sort of system. And so that's why Vegas's counters and really rapid transitions suit him so much. And once he's in the offensive zone, his really gifted skating, his good shooting, and his vision and, and spatial awareness really seem to take flight. He's probably one of the best defenders that, again, doesn't really get a whole lot of uh, a lot of attention until recently, I would say. You know, he's kind of uh, under the radar in the same way that McAvoy is, although McAvoy is still a better defender overall. But, you know, Theodore, amazing player. I think as he continues to stay with Vegas, people will start to pick up on the fact that he really is one of their key straws that stirs the drink. And it's sort of funny that he's at 32nd overall because the last player we're going to talk about tonight at 31st overall is his teammate, Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo a few years ago probably would have made this top 50 list. I don't know if Alex is really at that level anymore. He's still very clearly like a top four contributor. I just don't see him as somebody who's as good as he used to be. Certainly like a first pairing defender, I don't know. I would say he's like a really high end second pairing guy most likely. And that's not a bad thing. It's just when you're looking at a list of top 50 players and you're ranked ahead of Shea Theodore, you really have to be a dominant blue liner on the ice. And I don't really see that in him anymore. I would probably rank him behind Theodore at this point. And there are enough near misses that I think would probably supplant his on ice impact that I'd keep him out of the top 50. Uh, you know, top 70 maybe he could get a crack at, but top 50, I'd probably quibble with that. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on picks 40 through 31. I'm going to have the rest of the picks from 30 to 29 tomorrow. Be sure to tune in and let me know your thoughts on our list so far, whether you agree with our rankings or you think we're super crazy. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.